0: Just to note, because I, I get this question quite often about the prayer meeting, Tuesday night every week, 6.30, and then prayer meeting last Sunday. Forever in a day, we always had our prayer service just on the last Sunday of the month. And people ask which one are we still observing? Well, just like Bible study, there's never a bad time to pray, all right? <laughs> never a bad time to pray. So, so many people have not been able to get their schedule changed so they can make it Tuesday night. By the way, we've been having good turnouts on Tuesday night. I'm grateful for that. i, I, I forever burned in my brain, Brother Scott. I went to preach for a buddy of mine in Greeley, Colorado, Danny, and the church was about the size of ours. And when everybody was there, he'd run 150, maybe 180 in that area. about like this. And Monday night, he had prayer meetings. And he we went hunting and came back on Sunday for church and then uh, Monday night we attended prayer and I was so blown away. I counted a hundred and forty people in a Monday night prayer meeting in that church. I was I was humbled because I just kept telling him, Man, you're doing it the right way. If you won't anyway, but so Sundays are still Open for anybody that wants to come. Schedules don't always coincide with being able to make it Tuesday night. I get it. You're still here. I don't expect anything out of you, but there's never a bad time to pray, all right? And every, if you make it, if I make it to heaven, you will appreciate every prayer service, every Bible study. That being said, Brother Gabe is going to finish off February and the young people coming. To minister the word of the Lord. Give him your attention tonight. If you're going out, God bless you.
1: Brother Gabe. Praise the Lord. Hi, everybody. Amen. Amen. I'm gonna talk
2: for a few minutes on why church is important. All right. I kind of broke it down into topics a lot of time. I think I'm just going
1: to, train with others and fellow, really, I think we.
0: My apologies. Let me have it.
1: Throw it at the sound booth.
2: I think the reasons to go to church are pretty much endless. I think it's very important. In James five fourteen through 16, it says, Is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up, and if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven. Confess your faults one to another, and pray for one another, that ye may be healed. Effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. This word effectual meaning successful in producing a desired or intended result. I believe that when you have faith and pray, you expect God to do it, that he will do it. Nothing is impossible. God says in Matthew seventeen twenty, and Jesus said unto them because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, ye have the faith as a grain of mustard seed. He shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible unto you. I if you have just a little bit of faith, just just an iota, nothing is impossible. You can ask God to do it. And I think praying with others is very important because if we bind together in prayer and unity, then truly really nothing is impossible. <laughs> I like the, the part in... James 5 and 16, it says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Fervent prayer, fervent is with passion or intensity. Availeth means be of use or value. So this effectual fervent prayer is not only passionate and intense, but it, it availeth much. It gives you
1: a lot. to move on, I'm going to talk about fellowship. I believe fellowship
2: is an extremely important part of going to church. I believe the people we surround ourselves with it have a huge effect on us. They influence the way we talk, how we dress, how we act. I believe that going to youth nights, staying for potluck, attending outreach, going to prayer, I believe they all help grow your relationships with not only God but with the people in your church <laughs> james five fourteen again uh, says "Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil and a name. I think God is saying that. The elders in our church are extremely important. I think we should listen to what they have to say and believe they are gifts. The experience they have, the things they've gone through. I think if we would take the time to listen to what they have to say, talk to them, it would be of great importance.
1: a lot more, but I'm not. I think.
2: I think not only are we here for each other, but we are also here to hold each other accountable. It says, um, "Counsel in the heart of men is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out."
1: think that if we hold each other accountable for our actions,
3: like
2: Romans 8 and 31 and it says, what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Mm-hmm.
0: Very good.
2: And I believe good. that's another great reason why, should we, why we should pray with each other. There's nothing no. like being nervous, not wanting to go up front, thinking what others are going to think about you. But sometimes all you need is a little nudge to get you up to the front.
1: That's
3: all I've
1: got. All right. Good job, man. Very good. Plans for this microphone. Personal plans.
0: Did a tremendous job. <laughs> Thoughts were amazing. <laughs> Appreciate this know for a fact. I'm praying because he was quoting scriptures that I'm gonna use tonight. Again, Sunday, it's so all that good confirmation things. I'm looking at Matthew six. I appreciate all the young people helping me out this month. So,
1: yes, sir, indeed, doing very good. shaking that God. Just before church tonight, I
0: grabbed a note notebook in my office, and I because. Stuff started jumping into my brain. Timothy five one talks about don't rebuke an elder. Lamentations four and five talks about how God vacated the gates of the city because people began to disrespect their elders. So you started talking about that, I said, Yep. I think both of us are drinking from the same trough tonight. Amen. All right. Matthew chapter six, don't stand. You're you're seated tonight and, and I appreciate that. Very familiar scripture. We've quoted so frequently. We quote it to encourage ourselves. We quote it to feed our soul. Jesus said in Matthew six thirty three, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. If you don't have that scripture committed to memory, you should. And his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Isn't it funny that people in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ have their mind on things? He's saying, here's what you need to do seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all this petty stuff. Well, he understands that we are but flesh, and petty stuff is what we're made of often in life. We need substance. We need. To, uh, things to occupy till he comes, Luke 19, 13. We need provision, we need jobs, we need homes, we need groceries, the, the things of life that we get so carried away with. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. The morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof and I'm going to teach for a couple of minutes about what did Jesus mean number 3 praise the Lord hallelujah man Matthew 6:27 I'm quoting from the Berean Study Bible Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life why does worrying seem so organic to us why does worrying seem like almost something we we know we need
1: to do if we don't worry about it who will is our frame of mind if i don't process it and overwork it and think it
0: from every direction and angle who will There is a razor-thin line between healthy concern
1: and anxious worry. But Jesus said, who among you,
0: by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Money problems, people problems. Are we all mature tonight? Can I tell you I? Can I... Gonna give you a pastor quip tonight. You got your feelings on your sleeves, tuck them away real quick. Long time ago, heard Pastor Churchill say, you know what, Brother Herring? Pastoring wouldn't be so bad if it weren't for the people.
1: people issues, money problems, health struggles,
0: home problems. not like we can catch a break here. There's always something to say, would you worry about me for a while? And it's so natural. It just invites itself into free space of my brain talk with people that are close in my life and in my circle, and I say, look, I didn't get out of bed this morning thinking I need to worry about something
1: today. It's just there. What if it doesn't come through? What if I lose my
0: job? What if, what if, what if? It's as if the outcome is dependent upon us worrying about it enough. Jesus said in Luke 10, 41, and by the way, this is one of the eight, working on another thought, but one of the eight places in the Bible where someone's name was called back to back. He said, Martha, Martha, you are careful and troubled about what? Many things. If it isn't the money, it's the house. If it isn't the furnace, it's the car. If it isn't the car, it's the He said, you are so consumed about so many things. And the CEB extracts the word careful and says, worried, distracted. Isn't it funny how worry can distract us? Other things we should be focusing on, thinking about, concentrating on, but worry has got me distracted. I'm glad there's nobody in the house that worries tonight. DEB, you're, Martha, you're just so worried about so many things. The human brain is not made to handle all we try to worry about. It isn't. Does it doesn't stop me from doing it. You know, and I quote that 40 million Americans, 40 million American adults, pardon me, are negatively affected by worry or anxiety every single day. So where is that line between healthy concern? If I don't think about this, I know everybody else will forget it.
1: You ever wish there were just things in your life you could forget? Everybody else has.
0: Worry about that. If you don't cook, you never have to worry about
1: starting the stove. On, right? Don't worry about it. There's a line somewhere there. Of all things I got up today lunchtime something in the microwave. Microwave died. Come on, that's my source of eating. Right? Worry, anxiety just
0: invites itself for some reason. Stay as long as I keep my mind on it. I'm trying to go somewhere tonight. What would Jesus talk about when he said, Take no thought? Philippians 4, verse 6 in the King James said, be careful for nothing. Careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known of God. I quote again. Due to COVID-19, Brother Rick, over 50% of American citizens claim their mental health has been negatively affected since March 2020. One out of two, that means about 65 or 60, 60, 65 people sitting in this room tonight would fall in that category that your mental well-being has been negatively affected in the last 11 months. All because of something none of us planned on it being
1: here. Philippians 4, 6 in the CEV said, Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. If you
0: just left me, Brother Pierre, right there, don't worry about anything. I tell people, okay, but that's easier said than done. For me to stop thinking about what I'm thinking about, I need something to replace it. All right? I can't just discard it unless I fill that space with something. That's why this scripture makes so much sense to me. Don't worry about anything. Just pray about everything. Pray about everything. I'm not going to pray about where I eat lunch tomorrow. I'm just going to eat lunch, all right?
1: Wherever I feel inspired to go, I'm going to go. But you get the point here. Again, out of Captain Obvious's closet, but
0: they said that 90% of people with some sort of anxiety disorder can't focus, can't concentrate, can't can't localize, can't centralize, can't stay on one thought. What's the answer? Pray about everything. I, I'm just simple-minded enough to say, God, I don't know. I'm sick of worrying about this stuff. It's not getting any better by me worrying about it, God. Help me. Help me get my mind on something healthy, productive. I mean, we're only going to be here an hour, folks. I hope you at least give me your attention for a moment here. Whatever you're worrying about, give me a moment. Praise God. (laughs) Funny thing about God, and I say that in total respect, is that he's controlled by nothing. He's controlled by nobody and nothing. Read. When you get time, read. Take a moment and read Job 38. It's kind of lengthy, but just take a minute and read Job 38. I mean everything, rivers, seas, oceans, volcanoes, lightning,
1: frost, snow, rain. God is in control of everything. In
0: fact, Matthew 8 27 says that even the wind and the seas obey him. Why do I question if he's big enough to take care of me and the things I'm worried about? If lightning stands at attention at his command, if thunderbolts stand and beckon submission to his order. If the rain falls because God says, get on planet Earth right now, why do I think God can't handle what I'm going through tonight? Why am I worried that God's not going to take care of it? Not going to fix it? Hey, want some revelation? God is big enough to handle anything you're dealing with tonight, big enough to fix your family. Big enough to fix your finances. Big enough to fix what's worrying you tonight. Whatever you're worried about, God said, I'm bigger than that. I'm greater than that. I'm mightier than that. But here's the bottom line. The enemy of your soul, whether you want to get in a religious debate or theological debate, I should say, tonight with me or not, I believe that evil is not an accident. I believe that 1 John 5:19 that there there's one who is the destroyer, he's the he's the evil perpetrator, he's the creator of every accident that he can be uh, everything that should be blamed on something more than circumstance. I believe if it's evil the devil deserves the credit for it. I believe he's real, is what I'm trying to say. There's an enemy of your soul. Yeah, life happens. Sure, it does, and and it rains on the just and the unjust, et cetera. But I'm talking about evil. There is a there is a power, a resource of evil. And God kicked him out of heaven. He was an angel. I, I don't want to get off track tonight. I don't want to stay. I want to stay very localized in my thoughts, but. I I get really concerned with people that always have got a title for everything. A spirit of this, a spirit of that, a spirit of that, a spirit. Listen, spirits are angels. They're angels. Every good spirit, bad spirit, righteous or evil, they're angels. And every one of them are subject to the power of God Almighty. Subject to the power of God. And the devil wants to control me through things I'm worried about. Because Brother Anthony Shorty knows if I I just keep thinking about this all the time, then I won't praise God. I won't have any joy in my life. I won't have any moments of just, oh, God, you're so good to me. Everybody, you have those moments somewhere throughout your day where just for a slight little breath of momentary freedom, you say, oh, God, you've been good to me. No matter what you're going through, you have a moment. The devil wants to control me and through things I fear or I worry about. He can extract my joy, extract my peace, extract my happiness, extract my happiness, he can steal everything that's good if I just get my mind tied up into what I'm worried about. So when Jesus said, take no thought, I see no no option there that I'm being asked. He says, take no thought. It could be, I'm saying it is, Proverbs 23, 7, as you think in your heart, so are you. So we become what we're so worried about. And if God himself
1: were to operate this way, he doesn't. But if we could see each other's minds. Some of the things that we worry about.
0: So, so far behind you in the rearview mirror of victory. Jesus was saying this, and I hope you get this as I'm just narrowing this down to the end of it. Don't accept every thought as the end result. Just because you're thinking it, just because your brain is being inundated with the possibilities of your fears, Jesus is saying, do not think about it more than you can control. Don't take it. As as something you have to live in and dwell upon and reside with. Tell me what to do then, Jesus. Pray about it. Pray about everything. Pray about all things. Funny, funny that when I start praying out loud, I, I look, I believe in silent prayer. I forget who I was sharing this with the other day. But often when people counsel me about things that I'm, I'm just like, we've talked about this 719 times, friend. I'm listening because that's my job. But inside, I'm thinking, Lord Jesus, open this man's brain.
1: Open, open this sister's brain. We've talked about this at nauseum. Hello, everybody. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Because I think it doesn't mean it has to live there. Because it attacks
0: my mind doesn't mean that's the final say. Because I'm worried about it because you're thinking about it doesn't mean God's going to let it come to pass.
1: What's funny, though? When I start thinking something, and
0: I believe in the silent prayer, but when I start praying out loud, it's funny how those, those fears go into the closet again. It's hard to pray openly to God and keep those fear thoughts rolling. No wonder. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Hey, Brother Gabe, James chapter 5, and this is the easy English Bible,
1: James 5.13. Is any among you in trouble? Better talk to pastor again. not what
0: he said. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I, counseling
1: is important. Okay. Some of it. Is any among you in trouble? Pray. I can't tell you the number of times people come to me honestly. I'm not exaggerating. And they say, I know what you're going to tell me, Pastor. You're going to tell me to pray about this. But here's my story. Boom. Kids say right, boom. Anyone among you in trouble? Why
0: would Scott? Why would the Bible tell me that? Number one, because my thoughts have to come into submission when I start praying. And number two, God inspired the Word, so if He's telling me to pray, maybe I'll find my answer to my worries when I start praying. Hmm? Maybe it will be that simple. So when Jesus said, take no thought, want to know what he meant? Start praying. Start praying. Start praying. Don't, Don't keep focusing on it. Don't keep worrying about it. God is in control tonight. Everything, anything, and all things.